0: Central State Hospital in Milledgeville, Georgia. A spooky structure that holds thousands of terrible secrets. This insane asylum has been closed for a while now. But its terrors continue to haunt the community. So much so that it's possible that a small artifact from this asylum may have caused the murder. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio... Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too. We got a lot of stuff to cover today, so we're gonna hop right into this thing. First off, let's give a shout out to one of our legacy Patreon supporters, Nicole Girond. Nicole Girond, thank you so much for supporting the show. Nicole's doing a little pirouette, so she's... Getting dizzy? Getting dizzy? Probably shouldn't drive a vehicle when you're that dizzy, but you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you can't support the Patreon, that's fine too. Just help spread the word about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. Nicole, I'm going to toss you the reins to our newest vehicle, the carpenter cart. It's not super impressive. It's just a big old wooden cart. You get to ride a beautiful stallion. Or giant rabbit. We'll attach it to a giant rabbit. You're riding a saddle. Hope you brought a rabbit saddle. You're riding the rabbit. The rest of us are sitting in a big old wooden cart. And the carpenter cart is going to take us all the way out to Milledgeville, Georgia. So hop to it, rabbit. Super slow journey. We have to buy a bunch of carrots and lettuce along the way. We get there. We're going to spend the whole episode at Milledgeville, Georgia. Because there's a lot of craziness that's come out of this asylum. All of a sudden... We travel back in time to the year 1842. So we're all dressed up in old-timey clothes. The, rabbit, the rabbit's dressed up in an old-timey dress and a little bonnet. Super cute. But Nicole is continuing to lead this way with the carpenter cart. Back in 1842 in Georgia, they go, you know what? We need to put all these people to work building something. What do we build? And then someone else goes, you know what? I've noticed we have a huge problem with lunatics in this state. Why don't we build an asylum? So they do. It's like peanut butter and jelly. They both come together to create the Georgia State. This is the name of it. This isn't just me listing insulting words. Georgia State Lunatic Idiot and Epileptic Asylum. And I just imagine underneath it, it says, and they're stinky too. Like how, I mean, I get it. That idiot used to mean like, not that you're just dumb or that you don't know how to do something. It actually meant that you had some sort of medical problem. But, I mean, you could be a, still a little more sensitive then. And, I, again, I mentioned this in another episode. The same thing. I feel bad for the epileptics. Because they're just like, oh, yeah, you know, I have epilepsy. This sucks. And then they're just housed, <laughs> housed with a bunch of idiots. That's horrible. I mean, because I have a friend who's epileptic. And he's totally fine. I mean, other than the epilepsy, but he's like, he's totally like sane. He's not crazy. He's not an idiot. Definitely not a lunatic. So I feel bad for them. I wonder if they had their own wing to the hospital where they could just kind of like hang out by themselves, play Parcheesi, invent Parcheesi, and then play it back in 1842. But you had the Georgia State Lunatic Idiot and Epileptic Asylum. So it opened in 1842, so you can just imagine it probably wasn't the best place to be. I don't think any place was the best place to be in 1842. But by the 1960s, things were even worse. It was completely overcrowded. The only thing worse than being stuck in a lunatic asylum is too many lunatics. Now, when I say overpopulated, it's not like you, there. it was built for 400 people and there were 600 people. It was basically built for 400 people. I think it was built for about 1,000 people. There were 12,000 lunatics and idiots running around in there you had a doctor patient ratio of one doctor for every hundred patients so let me do my math what is that 120 doctors that sounds like a lot actually i don't think i've ever been in a play i don't even think hospitals have 120 doctors actually it's funny that i say that because it turns out that a bunch of them weren't doctors the state kept having to go in there's so many complaints coming about this place first off number one complaint was can you guys change the name so they did they eventually changed it to just central State Hospital state regulators had to keep going to check this place out and it turns out at one point they were like walking down the halls and there are all these doctors hanging out playing Parcheesi they're all did you know that a bunch of idiots invented Parcheesi the state regulators are walking through the hospital and on their count as they were going through they found 48 doctors working the halls they weren't even doctors they're just, they're just people walking through they're like, hey, I'm a janitor. I came in for a janitor job. And then they said, hey, do you want to be a doctor? There was 48 people working there and one visit who weren't actually doctors. And it's not like they were nurse practitioners. They weren't anything. They weren't anything. They were just people claiming to be doctors, not escaped lunatics, by the way. People who would come there to get a job who were getting paid to be doctors who had no degrees of any kind. And then, of course, you had the rumors. So those, those are real. Those weren't rumors. Those are actual little things that happened. You had the rumors that kids who were put in the asylum were locked up in little cages. And then there are other stories of just inhumane treatment. You'd have people who were in straitjackets all the time. They basically lived in the straitjacket, which seems incredibly uncomfortable. I think that's kind of the point. Now, this place opened in 1846. It didn't close until 2010. Now, I'm not saying it was ba- as bad as 1846. <laughs> I'm not saying the Confederacy was running the place. But I, I, when I was reading about it, I was like, oh, they probably shut it down in the 60s. You know, after they found out there were a bunch of people there pretending to be doctors. No, it was in operation up until 2010. And you can still visit it. I don't think you can, like, run around in it and play laser tag or anything like that. There are still a bunch of graves in the area. Now, when I say a few graves, we're talking 25,000 unmarked graves those don't even include the graves that have a little nice little headstones and stuff like that so this place is ripe for urban legends right you have the mass graves you have the verified history of this place and looking into this i found a reddit post from someone who really 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 loves this asylum i don't think i've ever met such a fan of mental asylums as i've found in username six weird six america six so that's our source for the rest of this stuff six weird six america six they write out this giant block of text people are just going hey do you guys know anything wacky haunted places in georgia and someone goes yeah <laughs> someone appeared someone appeared out of the mist i know thanks for asking my fellow friend they're like I'm not your friend you weirdo you just magically appeared in my room Six Weird, Six America, Six has this huge block of text about Milledgeville, Georgia's number one insane asylum. This list includes a bunch of weird details. One of them, it keeps going on about this guy named Jim Bonner keeps calling him a child murderer. And I was like, well, I was able to verify that one. A lot of them was just like an inmate took a hacksaw and chopped off a doctor's neck. And I was like, I'm I'm sure that happened over the course of a hundred years. I mean, it's horrific. I'm not being like, oh, that's lame. Give me some more. I mean, I'm sure that happened, but I can't verify it. Jim Bonner keeps getting called a child murderer. This is kind of a little, I don't know if I'd technically call him a child murderer. (laughs) Let me get into this. Uh, Jim Bonner apparently was a voodoo king, is what Six Weird America told us, and that what happened in real life, I don't know if he was a voodoo king, but he, maybe he's just a voodoo prince or a voodoo duke, but he poisoned a family and it killed the wife and four of nine children. And the dad ended up going crazy and had to be put into the insane asylum where he died shortly later of stomach problems, which is what killed the family. My question is Are you a child murderer if some of your victims are kids? Like, is that a rule? I'm not, I I mean, the FBI's like, oh, here, let's listen in on this podcast. This guy, but you know what I mean? Like, at what point, like, if you went into a town and you shot nine people and four of them happened to be, I don't know, Irish. Are you then the Irish killer? Like, would, would that actually be your designation? I'm not saying it's okay to kill kids under any circumstances. I'm just questioning w- him being labeled. <laughs> like I feel like I'm a defense lawyer. I'm like, sir, listen. Yes, my man did slaughter an entire family. But let's not refer to him as a child killer. Just a couple kids died. Anyway, so child killer, uh, voodoo king, Jim Bonner. He's included in this list. Um, Apparently, there's been a bunch of UFO sightings. At one point, Weird America said that there was a... Again, I would love to verify this. I would love to verify this, but I couldn't. Um, I tried. I tried really hard. Apparently, on August 25th, 1887, this saucer-shaped dent in the ground appeared. Which I think those are most commonly known as holes. I think they're most commonly known as a hole. But anyways, a saucer-shaped dent appeared in the ground... And okay, that's notable, I guess. But then millions, millions, not twenty five thousand, which is already a huge number. Millions of grasshopper, not grasshoppers, because again, that would be notable enough. Millions of grasshopper-sized frogs jumped out of a hole. I mean, that's the end of the. That's the end of the world, right? I mean, that would have one hundred percent be in the newspaper. I should have been able to verify that millions of grasshopper sized frogs jumped out of this hole and they covered 600 feet of ground, which is the least. I don't even know why that's in there. That's the least remarkable part of the story. Someone's going to be like millions of grasshopper sized frogs. But how much ground do they cover? And you're like 600 feet. Wow. It doesn't sound like a lot. You can't fit a million of anything in 600 feet. Maybe a million needles. I don't even know about that. Anyways, I wish I could have verified that. I I wasn't able to. So we have UFO sightings. Apparently, because there's security around the place. Laser tag or not, there's security around the place. You can't get into it because it's an old, crumbly, most likely haunted and cursed insane asylum. Weird America says that there's security there, which is obvious. But they said the security there is actually from the Department of Defense. It's a subsidiary of the Department of Defense. This is a high-level... Government area, most likely because you know, it, the end of the world started here with the million grasshopper sized frogs. Apparently, nearby, there's a place called Buzzard Island that has a bunch of buzzards on it. Again, not super notable when we're talking about millions of grasshopper sized frogs and it just being a haunted asylum. I don't care how many buzzards are nearby. I've never looked into Amityville horror and go, but what is their foul population? How many chickens live nearby? that'll seal the deal apparently there's been stories of cursed devil dolls human trafficking because you know if you're moving people from one state to another you know stop off at the haunted asylum that's a good place to you know get your refreshments going i love this um we have this great quote the asylum and even cemeteries are littered with tons of suicides scientific how many people committed suicide last year scientist goes tons tons of people they're like okay let's put it on a chart we're done tons of suicides and we have tiny frogs we have buzzard island if you're into that thing you have tons of suicides you have ufo sightings devil dolls and again i don't know why they included this the world's largest kitchen why? You're trying to wow me, Weird America. You're trying to make me go, whoa, spooky, I don't want to go there. Now I know. At First all, I don't think this place has the world's, the world's, the biggest on the planet's kitchen. I'm, I, I'll believe in grasshopper-sized frogs, a million of them, before I believe that this insane asylum has the biggest kitchen on the entire planet. But if it does, if you're really into kitchens and you can get past Department of Defense Security, here's the place to go. Just watch out for, you know, the Buzzard Island on the way. There's just, and it's a list and list and list of all of these murders. And when I talk about, you know, I can't source this, I can't source that. I mean, again, when you're like, Jason, how are you going to find a news article from 1887 about millions of grass? First off, that should have been the only news reported that day in every newspaper ever. Millions of grasshopper-sized frogs. That should have just been the headline everywhere. I don't know what else was happening in 1887 that would beat that out of the news. But then we have this, which again sounds, I wish I could verify this. I 100% wish that I could tell you guys that this story was true. I looked really hard. It gave me some ideas for future episodes because I have some really cool stuff coming up. So in 1975, according to Weird America, a patient escapes from the Allen building. (sighs) he's running away he's like oh how am i going to get away he sees a buzzard he grabs onto its legs and he flies away on the buzzard (laughs) ha ha freedom but he doesn't have a good fun-filled adventure what he does is he goes to a school the buzzard's like flying over school and he lets go see you later buzzard he takes the school hostage he takes 70 children hostage and five school staff with an assault rifle and then we have this, this let me read you this exact line that was written here Teacher, but first off, before I read this line to you, because it doesn't make any sense. A guy has a gun. He's taken control of a school. That's obviously tragic, right? And everyone's sitting around, and they go, well, what do we do now? What do we do now? And then this happens. This sentence happens. Quote, teacher puts bullet in backwards, saving everyone. Kids grab gun from teenage patient. So, I do, I mean... I get what they're trying to say that somehow a teacher put a bullet in backwards, but I don't know how or when or why. If you could remove the gun, it's not like you remove the gun, put a bullet in backwards and they go, here you go. Just keep the gun and don't put the bullet in backwards. You have the gun. I mean, they should have just said he stuck his finger into the barrel of the gun. The guy pulled the trigger. The teacher's hand inflated like a Looney Tunes character and smoke appeared and he goes, ow, my finger. And then the kids took the gun. Why would you go? Just take the gun. Did the teacher have bullets on them, and they're just like throwing them into the barrel backwards? A lot of this stuff you can't verify, but I was able to find a interesting story. I was able to verify. Nicole, call in that carboner copter. We're going to fly just a short while, and we're going to use our time travel technology to take us to the year twenty nineteen. Very, very recent story. We're still in M- Milledgeville, but we're farther away from the asylum now. Nicole's going to land this helicopter in this residential neighborhood. We're just kind of hanging out. It's May 12th, 2019. It's 1 a.m. We're at the house of Clark Hindel. He's a 69-year-old yoga shop owner. Not yogurt shop. <laughs> that would be awesome. And then there's a woman there named Marianna Shockley. She's a 43-year-old professor at University of Georgia. We were there last week. Also, there is Morris Lillard, 41 years old. He's actually Mariana's boyfriend. He's a car salesman. And I almost will 100% start calling him Matthew Lillard at some point during the story. But Matthew Lillard, the actor, had nothing to do with any of this. They're all hanging out at Clark's house. They're all hanging out at Clark's house. Clark has a hot tub and a pool. That yogurt money, man. (laughs) That yogurt money can buy you a lot of stuff. He has a pool. He has a hot tub. They're all hanging out. And at a certain point, Clark goes, I'm going to go swim in the pool. And Mariana says, I'm going to sit in the hot tub. And um, Morris says, I'm going to go out and chop some wood. I'm going to go out into the woods. I'm going to go out to the spooky, spooky forest and get some wood. I'm assuming they had some sort of fire there. I don't think that was just his fetish. He's like, oh, now that I have time alone, I'm going to chop down trees. He goes off to chop down wood. He eventually comes back and he sees Mariana just sitting in the hot tub. And Clark is still doing laps in his pool. His pool shaped like uh, sprinkle toppings. And Mars comes back and he realizes Mariana's not moving. She's just kind of sitting in the hot tub. And it starts to alarm him. He goes, hey, yo, Clark, what's going on, dude? How come Mariana's just just like not moving? How <laughs> come she's inanimate? She's human. She should be animate in some form or fashion. So he runs over there and he notices that she's not breathing. She's just sitting in the water. So he pulls her out of the hot tub, and while he's doing it, he says that he bangs her head. So save your questions till the end. He's pulling her out of the hot tub, and he bangs her head up, and they begin to do CPR on her. And after about a period of time, some articles say 45 minutes of CPR, and other articles said for two hours they were trying to do CPR at a certain point they're like we got to call authorities get some uh trained people down here because i'm pretty sure cpr is not supposed to take 45 minutes so they call ambulance police everyone shows up the cops say when they walk in the two guys were super cagey they weren't really giving direct answers and they also they could tell they were doing cpr but again depending on what article you read it was the cops the cops were suspicious to say the least it wasn't what you would think someone would do if someone had died at their house. So they separated the two people. They separated Clark and they separated Morris. They put him in different rooms began asking them questions. And Morris was like, dude, I went out to the woods. I was chopping down some trees. They were all naked, too, if that means anything. I don't know if it does, but, <laughs> but they're all naked. So he's out in the chopping wood naked. The cops thought that was kind of weird. Everyone was naked, but... Maybe some weird sex thing. They don't know. They just want to figure out what happened to this woman. At this point, she's picked up. She's taken to the hospital. She doesn't make it. She's actually dead. The cops are talking to Maris about what's going on. Clark's sitting in another room. He had been interviewed already as the group. I don't think they'd interviewed him as an individual yet. And then they hear a BAM! And they're like, oh, great. They go into one of Clark's room, and he had shot himself! Killed himself on the scene and left a note explaining what had happened. He said he was killing himself because he was so embarrassed that this woman died at his house. Now, as outside observers, obviously the note said more, but that's all we know. The note said that he was embarrassed that this woman died at his house. So he shot himself. That doesn't make sense at all. But what's super weird about this is that the cops are now charging Maris for the murder of Mariana. And this is their story. Something went wrong, obviously, and he beat her up. And that was why her head had injuries to it he goes no 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 it's pulling her out of the hot tub I I I don't know what to think about this side of the story as far as whether or not he did this I don't know how you would pull someone out of a hot tub and it would bash their head up I mean I don't she, she wasn't like clobbered but she had injuries to her head I don't understand how you could do that physically what's so weird about this is that Clark in his letter wasn't like, I did it. It wasn't like, as far as we know, the, the letters hasn't really been brought into evidence. But it's not like Clark's letter said, Morris did it and I'm so embarrassed that I brought Mariana. It's just like, oh, I feel embarrassed. I can't believe someone died in my house. So I'm going to kill myself. Morris is on trial for murder. Morris is saying, I was out in the woods. The The guy you, that should be the suspect is the guy who shot himself the night of the murder. Why am I even being charged with this? I wasn't even around when it happened. I showed up. He's swimming. She's dead. And I'm shocked that they're actually charging Mark. Again, we don't have all the information, but I would be super. I would either say both of them did it or Clark did it. But I don't think, what did he do? Like walk off into the woods, sneak back, kill her. And Clark's letter didn't say, oh, I know this guy did it. It's super weird. But anyway, so Morris is on trial for this murder. And this is currently going on. This trial is currently going on. I just can't I just can't imagine... Ki- First off, I can't imagine killing yourself. Secondly, I can't imagine killing yourself because you're embarrassed. Because someone got murdered at your house or just died at your house. And then third, how is he not the big suspect? I, th- I would have thought the cops would have been like, well, it's probably that guy. <laughs> that guy who's dead the night this other woman got murdered. But anyway, so Morris is on trial. The reason why this is tied back into Milledgeville is... Weird America. Weird America actually, in this giant list of stuff that I kept trying to verify, I wasn't able to verify tiny frogs, but I was able to verify this story. I went and I looked into this because it said a guy did this, killed this woman, and stuff like that. But Weird America has a little paranormal spin to this one. I don't know if any of this stuff is true. I don't know if literally any of this stuff is true. But. According to Weird America, according to, the, according to our source, Weird America, Clark had a six-year-old son who had died of cancer. And Clark was so... I'll say this. If this story's made up, Weird America has some serious issues. This story's true. it's just really creepy. Clark had a six-year-old son who had passed away. And, and Clark began to wander the halls of the asylum to get his mind off of his son, get his mind off of his loss. He's like, I'm going to go to this spooky, spooky place to not think about my son. While he was doing that, while he was taking his daily walks to the spookiest place on earth, he was also like trying to research root work, which is an offshoot. It's like a magic branch. It's a, so it's basically, it's magical stuff, but it's all based around roots and herbs and 11 herbs and spices and all this stuff. He was also doing that stuff. On May 2019, so earlier that month, before all this stuff happened, when he was walking around the Lunatic Asylum, he sees a doll. He sees a doll laying there in the dirt. And apparently, they, I mean, again, <laughs> Weird America could be making all of this up. I don't know if he's like Clark's personal buddy, but apparently Clark's son, Clark's son who had passed away, loved to pick up toys and bring them home. Who doesn't? Who doesn't love to do that? And so when he's found this doll, he goes, oh, this this is, is kind of what my son would do. I don't think I'd let him walk around this spooky asylum with all these frogs and buzzards everywhere. But he takes the doll home, and this doll is supposedly one of the cursed devil dolls that is known to haunt the asylum grounds. And then later that same month, because it was May 12th and that happened, he invites those friends over and that that happened. Now, there was also another detail here, because when the cops came in, they're like, what is going on here? They said it really wasn't consistent with CPR. Some stories say they were doing this for 45 minutes. Other stories say they were doing it for two hours. What Weird America says was when they brought the body out of the hot tub, the reason why it took so long was because Clark was trying to bring her back to life, not with Proven life-saving techniques, but with root work. He began grinding up stuff and pouring it into her mouth to cure her of being dead. Apparently, he was also pouring ayahuasca into her mouth as the cops were coming in the door. Ayahuasca is that super potent hallucinogen. I can only imagine what it would do to someone who was brain dead. Like, that would just be insane. Literally. But you, she, he was apparently giving her ayahuasca as the cops were coming in and covering her in leaves and things like that. And and uh, Marcus, I think I was calling him Morris, it's one of the two. Um, it's Marcus, <laughs> it's, why do I didn't have to worry about calling him Matthew Lillard. It's Marcus was thinking the whole time, this looks like some sort of ritual to bring back the dead. He, he was very, which is what CPR is, but, you know, it works. Pouring ayahuasca into someone's mouth who drowned is is not advisable. And then he shot himself. So the, the story then has another paranormal element to it. Again, what's interesting, I always find interesting about people who, I don't want to say make stuff up, but people who say stuff that's unverifiable, is they have the option of answering all the questions. If you are descended from the Atlanteans... You can just make up whatever because no one can ever prove you wrong because you're totally making it up. I always find it intriguing when people, if they're making it up, get stymied. Because if I was making the story up, I would say the letter actually said that he was killing himself because if this cure didn't work, then he could never bring his son back and da-da-da-da-da. And then it fills in the gaps. Weird America doesn't really talk about the letter, doesn't answer all the questions, just answers some of them. And I always find that intriguing Because if you were 100% making it up, you would answer everything. But in this case, Weird America doesn't do that. So I, I found that an intriguing footnote. So is it possible that this is just a bizarre true crime story? People were out naked, drinking, having fun. Something went wrong. A woman got murdered. Happens all the time. Happens all the time. Or... Is it the story of a woman who accidentally died and a man who had spent years trying to figure out a way to contact the other side, try to figure out a way to bring the dead back to life? When he is given the opportunity, he tries out his root work and it doesn't work. And that's what he's embarrassed about. That he could have actually called the cops earlier, but he had spent so much time investing his energy into this foolish notion that he can bring back the dead. That when it didn't work, he realized he was responsible for this woman's death. Or, let's put on our conspiracy caps to wrap this up. Is it possible that all of these events would have never happened if he had not picked up a cursed doll at a long-closed insane asylum? With him swimming and Marcus out chopping wood, what killed Mariana? Is it possible it was some darker force at play? That was invited into Clark's home when he brought in the dusty and muddy doll that he'd found on his journeys. And if so, where is that doll now? It was once the treasured toy of a child trapped with thousands of maniacs until it eventually became discarded. Another piece of debris littering a cursed hospital. Someone brought it home and unleashed that curse. And now that doll is still out there. Waiting to be brought into somebody else's home. If that part of the story is true, it's still out there. It's not like the police would gather it for evidence. They don't just go around and pick every spooky thing in a house. And go, let's take this back to the station. Like, it would have still been in his house. They would have had an estate sale. It would have been sold off. It could have been packed up in storage and put in some sort of locker. Is that doll still out there? Did it somehow find its way back to the asylum? Not like it walked, not like it got a cab. I'm talking like it magically disappeared, okay? like, well, conspiracy caps on. It faded away when the cops weren't looking. Where is this doll now? Is there really a cursed doll out there that if you bring it home, within a few weeks, people just die? Obviously, that sounds ridiculous, but when we explore the world of the paranormal, This stuff is possible. It's definitely more possible than putting a bullet in a gun backwards without someone seeing. So where is this doll now? We may never know the truth of what happened that night at that house. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't be safe. It is tempting to take those little trinkets you find out on your walk. The shiny rock. The discarded toy. The baseball hat covered in leaves. It's very... Enticing to bring those things home, a trophy of a fun day out. But be careful the next time you do. You may not be bringing home just a trinket, you may be bringing home a curse that could kill you and your loved ones. You may be bringing home something much more sinister. You may be bringing home a vessel that contains the dark energy of 25,000. Maniacs. Assuming you live by that. Assuming you live over there. If you're in Alaska, maybe like three or four maniacs. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal, conspiracy, and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. Glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.